Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord, we thank you, we magnify you. Come on, in this Palm Sunday, can we just begin to welcome him in this house? His presence is here today. Hallelujah, Jesus, you're in the house today, mighty God. We love you, we thank you. Magnify you, mighty God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Anything is possible, amen. Anything is possible in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, mighty God. You may be seated for just a few moments. I want to thank, give honor to Pastor and Sister Men. God bless you. Thank you for allowing us to come and be with you. And Sister Phillips, God bless you both. So good to see you again. We met in Guatemala with Sister Pam Phillips many years ago. And here we are once again today back together. So nice to see you both. God bless you. We love you to this beautiful church. We say thank you for being here this morning. God bless you. Thank you for allowing us to be here. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church. God bless you. Not only for opening the doors this morning, but opening your hearts and welcoming us here today. Hallelujah. We feel a great spirit of the Lord here, and I believe God has great things in store. Amen. As pastor said, my name is Luke. That's my wife, Samantha. Our little guy, Asher, just took off to Sunday school. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I was born and raised in Bloomington, Indiana. My wife was born and raised in Guatemala City, Guatemala. Asher was born in Indianapolis, and if he's in here, he would shout out, he was being raised in Costa Rica, and he'd usually shout out, Puta Vida, or something to that effect. And so we are a multicultural family. My son is speaking both languages, English and Spanish, and he catches everyone off guard when he flips back and forth, and sometimes he catches us off guard because he's going in both languages 100 miles an hour, but uh, to God be the glory, amen. It was uh, after I finished college, I, I graduated, I had played football, and I was born and raised in the truth. I was baptized at a young age in the name of Jesus, filled with the Holy Ghost, but it was in college, amen, thank you Jesus for that, it was in college that I began to run from my calling. I, I knew God had something for my life. At a very young age, I felt called, and I had a, an uncle in my life still there. He's an ALJC pastor, and he always continued to tell me that God was going to use me, but I'd finished college, and I didn't want to go back to hear him, and I was running from the Lord, so I took off to Tennessee because I thought maybe God wouldn't be in Tennessee, and and here I am today. But the story goes that I was living in Tennessee, running from the Lord. But the word says that if you make your bed in hell, he is there. And if you go to the highest of highest of mountains, he is there. Amen. And I thank God for that. Amen. Living in, in Tennessee, uh, me and my roommate, and um, it was a weekend. And my roommate said, you know, you, you were born and raised in church. And your family's going to church today. And You've gone all your life, but you've just completely quit, and it had been several years since I'd been to church, and, and I said, okay, Paul, what are you saying? He said, well, I, I think you ought to go to church. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll go to church if you go with me. We get in the car that day, and we find our way to the Gillettsville Pentecostal Church, to Pastor Tim Zuniga's church. After I got there, walked through the door, I surrendered at that moment. I said, okay, God, I'm done running. It's over. I entered that church. I surrendered to God. God, I thank you for that. Amen. Praise God. God refilled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I fell right back in line where I was, following after him. My buddy was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. He began to walk with the Lord. Fast forward 10 years under the ministry of Pastor Tim Zuniga. I joined leadership and staff, and it was on a Monday night. We were eating the loaded baked potatoes, the barbecue baked potatoes, and all the fixings that go with the potato. 
and pastor was talking about how God was going to change our direction and he was going to stretch us and that we were all going to go on a missions trip. Well, that's when my potato about came up. I heard mission trip and I had no interest, no desire to leave the country, didn't have a passport. So pastor finished and I went to my pastor and said, wow, pastor, that's incredible about this trip. There's 38 of us. Why don't you take the 37, go on this trip? I'll stay here. I have the keys. I'll lock up. I'll unlock. I'll do what I do on Sundays. I'll even bring the guest minister. You've got nothing to worry about. Well, my pastor, he says he's five foot, none of your business. He swelled up to about seven foot tall, and he got in my face. He said, son, am I pastor? I said, well, of course, pastor. You're pastor. He said, are you submitted? I said, of course, I'm submitted. He said, get your passport. You're going on this missions trip to Guatemala. I thank God I listened to the man of God in my life. Amen. I thank God I surrendered to the will of God. Amen. Hallelujah. It was on that trip where I met my wife in Guatemala. Praise God. How many singles are ready to take a missions trip in the house today? Man, praise God. It wasn't quite that quick. It was over a two-year period, back and forth from Guatemala to the States. We finally got married in 2010 in Guatemala. We were back living in Nashville, and our attorney advised us to go back to Guatemala to finish out my wife's paperwork. So we talked to Pastor Zunica, and he agreed that it is the best thing to do, get her paperwork, and then we would get right back. Well, on our way to Guatemala, Brother Thompson, Brother, Brother Zunica reached out to Brother Brad Thompson, missionary to Guatemala, and Sister Lynn Jewett, missionary to Guatemala. And Brother Zunica told Brother Thompson, said, Luke and Samantha are headed back to Guatemala. Whatever you want them to do or have need of, have them do it. <laughs> well, we got down there, and a few days into it, Brother Thompson reached out to me and asked me to meet him at the Bible school. And went to the Bible school, and he began to talk to me about the AIM program. And I looked at him, I said, Brother Thompson, I really am not sure about the AIM program. I don't know what all it entails. And he began to unfold it. He said, don't worry, but I believe it's the will of God that you go home, talk with your wife, pray about it. My father-in-law is a pastor. Pray with him about this AIM application and get back with me in a few days. A few days went by, and we'd prayed over it. We talked about it, and we began to look at that application, and it was about a seven-page application. And as I began, I hadn't looked at it. Before we began to uh, look through that application, there was only two blanks. There was one that said my name and the, the name of the missionary. The rest of it had X's from top to bottom on both sides. It said, see Brother Brad Thompson on every single page. And I said, well, what kind of an application is this? There's nothing to fill out. So we signed our name. We put, attached 100 bucks to the application, took it back to Brother Brad Thompson. I said, Brother Brad, we filled out this application, but there was nothing to fill out. He said, that's good. He said, it's all taken care of. Don't you worry. I said, well, it, there's a financial page. There's a page on a job description. He said, don't, don't worry. The Lord will take care of all that. I said, okay. I went, left it. He sent it, took it to St. Louis on a trip that week for a GATS meeting. I would go home. I'm talking with my wife, my family, my father. I said, there's no way they're going to accept an application with just our name. They know nothing about us. Wouldn't you know, three weeks later, Brother Brad Thompson called me up, said, meet me in my office. I got good news. We show up, and he said, you both have been uh, accepted into the AIM program. Here's your keys. Handed me a stack of keys, and we took off running and working. Thank God for that. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Four years went by, the blink of an eye, and we finished our AIM my wife's green card came available. We transferred back to the States. We were living in Indiana at the time, my father-in-law, my parents' church. And uh, 
about a week or two into it, Brother Thompson reached out once again. He said, give me a call. So we called him up. He said, what are you all doing? We said, well, we're trying to figure out which way is up. It's a new country for my wife. She'd never lived here full time. I'd been out four years and come back, and everything was just unbelievable, the change that took place. He said, well, I believe the Lord is leading me to tell you that you should fill out another application. I said, okay, another one of them applications where I just signed my name. He said, well, this one's going to be a little bit more extensive. It's not going to be for AIM. It's going to be for intermediate missions. And, and so you'll have to go online. You'll print this form out, and uh, you'll have to submit that. And he said, I believe that's what the will of the Lord is for you all right now. And I said, well, Brother Brad, I, I really don't know. We're trying to figure out which way is up. It's as if a thousand pieces to a puzzle has just gotten thrown up in the air, and pieces are missing, and pieces are falling in the wrong direction. And he said, well, that's just the Lord. He's leading you in another path. And so I said, okay. We went, we printed out this application. It was a lot more extensive than our AIM application. We filled it out. And about three months later, we heard back from St. Louis that we were going to be meeting the board. In 2016, we met the board in St. Louis, and they approved us to be the missionaries to the country of Costa Rica. Hallelujah. Praise God for his plan. Amen. For his will. Praise God. Amen. And so we've just now finished our first term as intermediate missionaries to the country of Costa Rica. Four years again, gone the blink of an eye. We're back. This is our second time on deputation. And uh, this time, we filled out another application. We didn't have to have Brother Brad's pushing and prompting, although he has been there to push and prompt us. Just last week, I was on the phone with him, and um, we were talking about our next steps, and uh, he's actually going to be at our meeting. It's going to be May, uh, May the 2nd. We meet the board in St. Louis to become approved, Lord willing, as career missionaries. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, let your will be done in that meeting, O Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. And so today, here we are, we're standing before you as intermediate missionaries working towards career status in Jesus' name. We work in the country of Costa Rica. It's the size of West Virginia, and we have 65 churches. We don't pastor one specific church, but we travel and help the needs of every single church. We have a video I'd like to show you here in a moment. It was, uh, it was while we're working down there that our greatest need was we were growing out, growing our churches, and people were traveling too far to churches. And so the board asked us to begin to build and to uh, plant different churches. And in this video we're going to show you, we're going to show you some of the construction and some of the work that we have done in Jesus' name.
Amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this city, around our world, mighty God. We give you glory and honor today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, praise God. Hallelujah. As you saw in the video, we were able to build nine churches in, the first, in our four years down there. During the pandemic, uh, we, 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 we couldn't travel out. And we were shut down very tightly. And during those months in our last board meeting in August of this year, of 2022, when we were down there, I was talking with the pastors, and they were showing me and telling me about the numbers and the growth that we had in 2020 when everything was shut down, when not one church was able to be opened. We saw 271 baptized in Jesus' name. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So my question was, how did that happen when there wasn't one church open? We had no meetings. They canceled Bible school. They, they shut everything down. And in fact, our, our construction projects were incognito. We could only have a few on the job site at a time. And so everything was at a slow snail pace. And I said, how, how did that happen? And the pastor said, well, in my case, he had a young lady. It was uh, her day to go to the market. So she went to the market to shop for her family. And she was looking over avocados, and we all know that a hard avocado, eh, not, it's not ready to eat, and a soft avocado might have worms or it might be ripe. You just have to look at them. And so this young lady said she didn't know it, but she was accused of having a smile on her face. In fact, there was a woman that was in the line to purchase avocados as well and began to ask her, why are you smiling and why are you so peaceful? Why are you so happy? What, what is it about you? You know, we're in a pandemic. You know, things are falling apart. And this young lady said, I'm not worried about what's going on around me. My hope and my faith is in Jesus Christ. And hallelujah, praise God. Uh, this young lady went on to tell her that I've been filled with his spirit. I've got the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Well, this lady said, well, I want to know more about that because you are very peaceful. You are you're smiley. You're very happy. And so long story short, this young lady began to give a Bible study to this lady. After a few weeks went by, this young lady called her pastor and said, can you meet us at the beach in Hako at the Pacific Ocean? I've got a young lady, and she's got 10 family members that want to be baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so testimony after testimony, I heard as pastors began to tell me how it took place. To God be the glory. You can't say, wow, missionary, what a tremendous blessing you were to that country. No, or wow, pastor, look what you've done in that four years. No, it was all God. When we were shut down, when they tried to cancel us out, when they tried to mute us, hallelujah, our God couldn't be stopped. They can't shut our God down. Even today, our government can't hinder us. They can't stop us uh, from crying out to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, when you speak that name, things begin to change. Hallelujah, hallelujah, chains begin to break. Things begin to take form and shape in the atmosphere. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And so it was, that's how we finished out our first four-year term. In January of this year, June of last year, June of 22, we released all the, 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 uh, the restrictions and we got back to... Uh, full-blown church, and in January of this year, the board just let me know that they reinstated Bible school, and we've got 21 students in our Bible school. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I believe as we train them up and we 
send them out. As we graduate them, they'll go to the various areas of the country of Costa Rica, and they will win their friends and their families of those unreached areas in Jesus' name. How can we grow right here, church? By going and reaching our friends and our family and winning them one by one by one. Amen. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. And so today, if you will stand for the reading of the word in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, verse 3. Thank you all for coming out today. God bless you to each of the new visitors. Come next week to hear pastor. It's Easter Sunday next week, amen. Happy Palm Sunday. Glory, hallelujah. Amen. I'm not going to preach real long, but the one coming after me, that's the one you've got to worry about. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. We won't be long today in Jesus' name. Book of Jeremiah, verse 3 of chapter 33 reads, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. My title this morning is to cry out unto God. Cry out unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not hallelujah is there any needs in the house today does anybody we, we prayed with my sister in the back today but can you begin to just raise your hands right now raise your needs father in the name of jesus you see every need every hand that is raised today every heart god that is hurting that is broken god your word says that as we call on you as we cry out to you god your word says that you're going to respond oh lord god open doors right now god i pray you'll open our minds to hear our ears to receive God, our hearts today. In the name of Jesus, God, let it be done, I pray. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, God, do a work that only you can do today. Let the church say, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It was while we were on our aim in Guatemala, my wife and I had some dear friends, and they came to the church, and they began to talk about their testimony. They had a new baby girl. It was their only daughter. She, at the time they were telling the story, uh, she would have been probably seven or eight. And the time of the testimony when it took place, she might have been three, maybe four years of age. And so in our countries in Central America, everything has grown on the sides of the mountains. We don't have the, the flat lands for the harvesters and the, the corn, the beans, the, whatever you plant, you got to... Down there, you pick by hand. You harvest it by hand, the coffee bean. And so the young man of the house, he was out working on the side of the mountain, and his job that day was to cut corn, he said. And so he was harvesting corn on the side of a mountain. Well, back home, it was his wife and his little daughter, and his wife went to his daughter and said, you know, baby, daddy's going to come home hot, tired, hungry. What should we make him for dinner? And the little girl looked at her mom and said, what about a pot of frijoles, a pot of bean soup? And the mama said, that's a great idea. So they went out. They began to gather some wood. And she built a fire. She said right there in their kitchen, put a pot with water and put the beans in it. And then she began to look for her spices. And she was looking for some onions and some garlic. Because we all know a pot of bean soup without frijol, without saboya and ajo, no onion and no uh, garlic, no esta bueno. It doesn't have that same sabor. Amen. It don't taste the same. So she thought, you know, my husband's coming home. I'll wait for him to come home. He can watch the fire. I'll run to the market. I'll get the onions. I'll get garlic, and I'll be right back. And so it was. A little time went by. 
She kept checking her beans, knew they still needed quite a bit of time in the water in that fire. And her husband showed up. She said, honey, I just need to run to the market. If you will just sit here and watch this beans, I'll be right back. He said, no problem. I can take care of that. He said his wife, when she was running out the door and the door was shutting back behind her, she yelled back, oh, by the way, our daughter, she's in her room. Watch her. Well, as all the ladies in the house know us men, when you're hungry and hot and tired, and well, we don't listen anyway. <laughs> and so she said he didn't pay no attention. He said he, he just heard the door slam shut, and he heard her yelling back, and he thought, I know, I know, watch the fire. He said he had it under control. So she ran on to the market. He uh, was watching that fire, and he thought, oh, I'm going to pull me up a chair because we've all sat around a campfire. They pop, they crack. They smell good. They, they're relaxing. And so this young man said he pulled up a chair and he sat down. And he said it wasn't no time that he said he was out. The pot fire put him to sleep. It relaxed him. And so he fell asleep. In the meantime, the fire began to heat that water. The water began to boil and the water began to spill over that pot. Well, as that water began to hit and splash on that fire, that fire began to throw embers out of it. Well, all of a sudden, he said one of those embers flew out of that fire, landed on a curtain in that kitchen. He said he was fast asleep, didn't know anything was going on until that smoke and that fire had filled the room, and he began to <coughs> choke. And <coughs> He said he couldn't, couldn't understand why he couldn't breathe, and when he woke up, all he saw was a cloud of smoke. He thought, oh, no, my house is on fire. He went running outside. He grabbed a bucket. He came running back in. He tried to put that fire out. But it was too late. He realized that the fire was too big and that the only thing he could do was to get out, let it burn down, and just start over. He was thankful because he knew his wife was in the market with his daughter and that they were all going to be okay. Well, his wife in the market, as she's going down the aisles getting some of the groceries, she overheard some ladies talking about a fire coming in the direction from her house. She said uh, she didn't pay no attention because her husband's watching the fire. So she continued in that store in the market, got what she needed, got to the checkout. And that lady asked her, said, hey, when you came in today, did you by chance see a fire coming from this direction? And the lady said, well, no, my husband's at home watching my fire, so I'm okay. But I heard some other ladies talking about a fire in this direction. That's the neighborhood. I live over on that side of town. And the lady thought nothing more about it. She continued purchasing her things. She checked out. She walked out of the store, and when she walked out, she said she looked and she could see a trail of smoke coming from the direction of her house, but still thought nothing of it. She took a right at the block, made a left at the next stop. When she said she made that left turn and was looking directly towards her house, she realized that was her house that was on fire. She dropped her groceries, and she went running to that house. When she got there, the neighbors and everybody were out in her front yard, and she found her husband standing out there. She said, my honey, where is our daughter at? He said, what do you mean, where's our daughter at? Didn't she go with you to the market? She said, no. When I ran out the door, I, t I yelled back, oh, by the way, our daughter's in her room. Well, by that time, there was no way to reenter the house. It was completely engulfed in flames and fire. And the young man thought, the only thing I can do is get my axe and begin to chop a hole at my daughter's at the back of the house and where my daughter's room is, and just maybe I can pull her body out. 
And so in seconds, he said he grabbed his axe and he began to chop. And as he began to chop and rip that wood away and, and, and cut through brick and mortar on that house, he began to make enough noise that it woke his daughter up. When she come to, she woke up and she said, Daddy, Daddy, where are you? There's smoke and fire all around me. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Well, that young man, he heard that voice and he knew that's my baby girl. There was nothing that was going to stop him, huh? Come on, dad's in the house today. When you hear your children, your son or your daughter crying out, you go running to the rescue. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Well, he said he went like a maniac and ripped a hole in the side of that house just big enough to reach in and save his own daughter. Hallelujah. He pulled her out of that burning fire just in the nick of time. And they later, they began to ask the little girl, how did you make it? What did you do? She said, I don't know. I was playing. I fell asleep. And when she fell asleep, she was at the lowest point in the house. That fire and that smoke was rising all around her. I believe it was the hand of the Lord that was on that little girl. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But my brothers and my sisters, I come to tell you today, just as that young man heard his little girl crying out for help, how much more is our Heavenly Father here today? He's here today, but He wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear your cry. He wants you to cry out, Father, 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 I need you. Hallelujah. Your house may be burning down all around you. You may be at the end of your rope. Maybe the devil's got you on a chain today. But the devil, hallelujah, he can't take it any farther. He's done. He's had his way with your life. If you'll come in here today and you'll cry out to the name of Jesus, if you'll surrender your life, hallelujah, my God will make a way. He will show up. He will come to the rescue, hallelujah, just as that father did for his little girl. How much more will our heavenly father come to the rescue, hallelujah, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be saying, but you don't know what I've done and where I've been. It don't matter where you've been. It don't matter what you've done. The Heavenly Father's in the house. That moment when you come up here and you fall on your face and you cry out, Jesus, save me. Forgive me of my sins. Hallelujah. That moment God will begin to erase your sins. We have water today. You can be baptized in the name of Jesus. That moment that you go down in water, He will wash away those sins as far as the east. It's from the West. Hallelujah. Maybe you're here and you want to be filled with His Spirit, with the gift of the Holy Ghost, or a refilling possibly today. When you come and you cry out to Him, He will Spirit will fall on you. His Spirit, hallelujah, will make you whole, will make you clean once again. And you will speak in another tongue that you don't know with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The Bible is full of stories of men and women that have cried out to God. And he's responded in one manner or another. In the book of 1 Kings chapter 18, it's the story of Elijah. Verse 21 reads, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long have you been between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. In verse 23, Elijah said, Let them therefore give us two bullocks. Let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and put no fire under. 
Verse 24, Elijah begins to tell him, and you call in the name of your gods, small g, plural s, your gods, call on your idols, on your customs. Call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answered by fire, let him be God. And, they answer, and the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Skip on down to verse 27 reads, And it came to pass at noon at the, that, that Elijah mocked them, <laughs> began to laugh at them, <laughs> began to say, come on, cry a little louder. <laughs> For he is a God, <laughs> talking, pursuing, on a journey, pre-adventure, he sleepeth and must be awakened. <laughs> Where is your God now? Where is your idols now? They're not crying out. They're not helping. They're not even seeking to help you. Verse 28, And they cried aloud, and they cut themselves in their manner, in their custom with knives, lances, until the blood gushed out upon them. But in verse 29 it said, And it came to pass midday, and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. And the word reads that there was neither voice, nor any to answer, nor any that regarded them. They cried out. They were calling on their gods on their, in the form of their custom. They cut themselves. But the word says that there was no voice, nor any that regarded them. There was none that responded. And Elijah said unto all the people, in verse 30, he said, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And he put the wood in order, in verse 33, and he cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood. And he said, Fill four barrels with water. And they poured four barrels of water on the burnt sacrifice, on the wood. He said, do it the second time. They did it the second time. Do it the third time. And the third time, they poured that water on that altar. And the water ran about the altar, filled the trench. At this moment, that wood had to be soaking wet, that water filled the trench, the, the dust probably now turned to mud, the rock was wet. I like to play with fire, but I've never built a fire with wet wood. In fact, I've never said, brother, pass me the matches to strike this fire, but can you soak them in water first? No, I would say soak them in gasoline first. <laughs> but here, Elijah had him pour that water all over that altar, all over that sacrifice, the wood, because he was doing something to demonstrate that he served the true living God. He had enough confidence. Hallelujah. 
he had enough confidence to know that when he cried out to his God, his God was going to respond. Hallelujah. My brothers and my sisters, we need to have that kind of confidence in this day and age that we're walking in today. When they try to mute us and shut us down and cancel us out, we need to have enough confidence to know our God has our back. Hallelujah. No matter what comes, no matter what goes, no matter what restriction they may try to put on us, we're going to serve the true living God. Hallelujah. We're going to cry out to Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to pray to his name. Hallelujah. Because we serve the true living God. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 36, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I have done all these things at thy word. Let me back up right there. He said, and, I, and that I am thy servant. I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. He was telling the Lord, God, I don't know what's about to take place, but it's not my word. It's your word. I don't know how you're going to respond, but it's not my will, but it's your will. Hallelujah. When you come and you say, I am your servant, I'm here to surrender my life, my ways. I'm surrendering my past. Hallelujah. Mighty God. Hallelujah. He will show up and he will respond. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So Elijah began to pray, began to say, Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the Lord responds. Then the fire of the Lord fell. It consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stone, the dust. Licked up all the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is the God. Hallelujah, the Lord. He is the God. Come on, somebody. The Lord is in this house today. His name is Jesus. No matter what you need, no matter what you've been through, no matter where you're at hallelujah our God is able today when you call on his name all you got to do is cry out hallelujah and he'll say that's my son that's my daughter today he knows your voice he knows what you're going through but he wants to hear you today he wants to hear you say father forgive me for I have sinned forgive me father hallelujah and the Lord responded that day hallelujah and all those people turned their hearts back again. And they said, the Lord, he is the God. Could it be today with what we're going through today in your body, my sister? Could it be what we're faced with today isn't just for you? Could it be that God is going to use you and your testimony and what you're walking through right now? Could it be to use that to win your friends and your family that aren't here today? They know where you're at. They know what you're going through. They're, even the enemy saying, ah, she's back at that Pentecostal church again this morning. She's back at trying to live holy and right and do the right things. But let's throw another wrench at her. Let's throw an issue this way. Let's see how strong her faith is. But if we will hold on, if we will cry out to that name above every name today, if we will say, Jesus, I speak Jesus over your situation. I speak Jesus over your body. I speak Jesus over your family right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. God is going to use you. He's going to use that situation. Maybe it's a doctor's report that you got that you don't want to hear. Hallelujah. God is going to use it to turn the hearts back again. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. 
In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Just lift your hands once again right now. Just begin to speak his name. Jesus, I speak it over my situation. Jesus over my life. Jesus over my marriage, my ministry, my children. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus is here today. Hallelujah. Whatever you have need of, <laughs> you can receive. You can receive it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, church. And it's a huge blessing and an honor to be here with you all. My husband is saying today that we have to cry unto God. Call unto God. Doesn't matter the need or the circumstance or the situation in your life. You can cry out to the name that it's above name, above all name. His name is Jesus. We have to remember that in the Bible we find the story of Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus was a blind man, and he just heard that something was going all around him. So he asked, "What was going on?" And he said, "What is it? What's happening?" The people told him, it's Jesus Christ, the one that is passing by. So when he heard that it was Jesus, the one that was passing by, he started to say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. The, people, the Bible says that the people tried to stop him. They tried to tell him to hold his peace. But the Bible says that he cried so much more. And he said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Sometimes in life when we're trying to worship the Lord, when we're trying to praise him, the devil is going to try to tell us, no, stop worshiping him. Don't cry out unto him anymore. Just be quiet. Hold your peace because he wants you to see you defeated. He knows when, when you call unto the name that is above all names, something is going to happen because when Jesus is there, nothing stays the same. Everything changes. So that's what the blind man knew. And that's why he started to say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He, the Bible says that when Jesus heard him, he stood still. And then he commanded the people to bring him forth. And then he said, what is it that you need? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And the Lord said, receive thy sight. Thy faith has made thee whole. So he did not only receive his healing, but he was also saved. What a beautiful story. We just have to get desperate for the Lord. We just have to call unto his name. When we cannot keep moving forward, when we are tired of just being on the same way, we just have to keep calling unto the name that it's above all names. Because on his perfect timing and on his perfect will, he's going to make a way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I would like to share with you a testimony. In Guatemala, there was an 18-year-old woman, and one day she was home alone. And all of a sudden, she heard a knock on the door. So she went running downstairs. She opened a little window that was in the door, and then she said, yes, who is this? A man looked at her, and he said, hey, cousin, how are you? She looked at him and she said, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know who you are. And he said, that's okay. You were too little when I seen you last. But how is your mom, Ligia? What about your dad, Miguel? Your sister, your niece, your nephew, aunts, uncle, grandma, grandpa. He mentioned everybody in the family by first name and last name. 
So she thought, okay, he's my cousin because he knows everybody in the family. So after a 15-minute conversation, it started to rain real hard, and she thought, mm, if he's part of the family, I don't want him to get him wet. So she opened the door in the garage. She invited him in, and she said, why don't you wait right here in the garage? I'm going to run upstairs, and I'm going to call my mom, and I'm going to let her know that you're here. And, and he said, okay, that sounds so good. So she went running upstairs, but right before she was able to grab the phone, the man was standing behind her. She got a little nervous, and then he said, may I make a phone call? And she said, you may. She handed him the phone. He made a phone call, and he said, I am in. I am in the house. She got nervous, and then he asked for a glass of water. He drank the glass of water, and then he asked for a second and a third glass. When he drank the third glass of water, he put it on the countertop that was in that kitchen, and then he pulled out a drawer that was there, and that's where they kept the knives. So he grabbed one of those knives. He looked at her and he said, give me all the valuable things that are in your house or I'm going to kill you. The girl was in shock. She didn't know what to do. She didn't know what to say. And the only words that came out of her mouth were, if you do something to me, you're going to be in trouble because I am a daughter of God. But as soon as she said the word God, he got so mad and his face immediately transformed like into a demonic face. And he grabbed the girl by the hair, and he started to bash her head against the concrete wall. When she couldn't handle it, she fell on the floor, and then he started to stomp on her and punch her and stomp on her and punch her. Then he grabbed the knife. And when he was getting ready to stick it on her throat, she thought, oh, no, I'm here all alone. There is nobody here that can help me. But if I call unto the name of Jesus, he can make a way. So in that moment, she grabbed that knife, and with all her strength, she started to say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. God gave her the strength to bend that knife, and they started to fight against each other. Then the man tried to break her neck three times, but she continued to cry out unto the name of Jesus. And finally, he realized that he was not going to be able to kill her, so he escaped. She was able to make a phone call. They rushed her to the hospital, and when she was laying on the hospital bed, she looked to her right, and right there was a black, dark shadow that was just leaning over looking at her. And in that moment, she thought, oh, that is the shadow of death. Something has happened to my stomach. Her dad showed up, and she said, dad, we have to call into the name of Jesus because the shadow of death is right here. But if we call into him and if we praise him, he can make a way where there seems to be no way. They started to pray, and they started to praise the Lord. The doctor showed up, and he said, she's been stabbed all over her body 17 times. She's losing so much blood. She is dying. She needs a surgery right now, or she's going to die. They rushed her out of that room, and when they turned right, she was still able to sit up a little bit, and she saw when the shadow of death turned into the opposite direction. In that moment, she realized that everything was going to be okay because God had already answered her prayers. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It was a difficult time. It was a difficult situation, but God made a way. Time passed, and she met her husband. They got married. Years passed, and it got to the point that they wanted to have a baby. But the doctors had already told her that that was not going to be possible because of all the scar tissue that she had due to the surgery. But they 
cried out unto God. They believed. They kept asking the Lord for a miracle. Years passed, and nothing was happening. They thought that it was going to be a no from the Lord. They keep calling out unto God. They keep crying out. They kept believing and trusting the Lord. Several miscarriages happened. A complete molar pregnancy happened, and there was no answer. Until one night, she went to bed, and she had a dream. And in her dream, she was holding a pregnancy test. And her pregnancy test had three lines. So she asked the Lord in her dream, what does the third line mean, Lord? And the Lord told her that you are indeed pregnant. When she woke up the next morning, she woke her husband up and she said, babe, I think we need to go to the pharmacy because I think I'm pregnant. And he said, okay. They went to the pharmacy. They took the pregnancy test and she was pregnant. They rejoiced. They thanked the Lord. They were happy. They sang songs to the Lord. They were so happy because the Lord had answered to their prayers. Six months passed, and all of a sudden, she started to feel really, really sick. So they had to rush her to the hospital. When the doctors were checking her body, they found out that one of the stab wounds that she had suffered when she was younger was left, and it was tiny. But when her belly started to grow, the hole started to get bigger. And when the baby started to kick, he put kick the intestines up in her diaphragm. So the doctors told her that she needed an immediate surgery or her and the baby were going to die. So they, they took her to the surgery room, and they did a C-section. The baby was born, and the doctor came out, and he uh, told her husband that he was going to be okay, that the baby had born, that he was fine, but that he had to make up his mind to leave that hospital, hospital just with his baby because uh, his wife was going to undergo a very serious surgery and that she will have to have her lung deflated. And they didn't think that she was going to make it. In that moment where her husband heard those news, he called on to his family and they started to cry unto God and they started to believe and they started to trust in the Lord and claim and believe for another miracle. The doctor went and did the surgery. Five hours passed. The doctor came out and he said, she lived. She's going to make it. In that moment, they start to rejoice, and they start to worship the Lord, and they start to thank the Lord for what he had done one more time. Church, if we come here today and we share with you these testimonies, it's for you to know that our God is a great God, that there is absolutely nothing too hard for our God. When we cry out to the name of Jesus, we are calling out unto the name that it's above all names. To the name that when we call unto him, the demons have to flee. The mountains tremble. That is the name of Jesus. I just want to remind you who our God is. The Bible says that he is the Alpha and he is the Omega. He is the beginning and the ending. He is the creator. He is the great I am. He is the king of kings. He is the almighty. He is the great shepherd. He is the lamb of God. He is the prince of peace. He is the bread of life. He is our hope. He is our advocate. He is the righteous one. He is the gate. He is our protector. He is the light of the world. He is the resurrection and the life. He is our deliverer. He is the holy one. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is our rock. He is our bright and morning star. He is our comforter. He is our forgiver. He is the living water. He is the strong tower. He is our sure foundation. 
most precious thing is that he cares so much for you that he cares where you are going to spend your eternity that he has become our savior and our redeemer so call unto the name of the lord call unto his name because he alone is worthy he alone can make a way where there seems to be no way When you get tired and you feel that you cannot march forward, keep marching forward. When you bend your knees and you feel tired of keep praying for the same thing over and over again, just wait on the time of the Lord. He's faithful. He's a good God. He's a loving God. He sees you where you're at. He knows when you're in trouble. Call unto his name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I worship you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 I am 100% sure that when you call unto the name of the Lord, he's going to make a way. I am 100% sure of that because that girl in the story, it was me when I was 18 years old. And that boy that is in Sunday school right now is the kid that the Lord gave me. When the doctor said that I wasn't going to be able to carry a baby, God gave me that child. So I know for a fact that our God is able, that our God is a healer, that our God is our protector, that our God is our provider. So I want to encourage you to keep calling out to the name of Jesus. If I tell you my testimony, it's not for you to feel sorry for me or for you to think that I am somebody because I am nobody. But for you to know that our God is a mighty God, that our God is a great God, that our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did that for me, he can do that for you. Keep trusting the Lord. Keep believing in the Lord. And in closing... I will just like to read a, a passage of the scripture. It's found in Habakkuk, chapter 3, verses 17 to 19. Because sometimes we, we get a no from the Lord. But we have to say what Habakkuk said. It says, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. What does this mean? Even when everything is going against you, even when nothing is making sense in your life, even when you feel that everything is falling apart and nothing is making sense, you can still say what eight, verses 18 and 19 say. Yet, yet, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will join in the God of my salvation because the Lord God is my strength and he will make my feet like hinds feet and he will make me to walk upon my high places. Yet you can still worship the Lord. Yet in your trouble you can call unto him. Yet when you're tired or frustrated you can still say, I will rejoice in you. I will joy because you are my salvation. Because you are my strength. And you are even going to prepare my feet to walk on any place. Lord, we call unto you. We believe in you. Cry out to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we stand to our feet all over this house this today? Hallelujah.
I don't know what your need is. I don't know what you're going through. But the Jesus that we cry out to today, the Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, he is in this house today. I'm going to open this altar. I'm going to invite you to come and to pray from front to back, from side to side. Can we come and can we pray as a family? Can we come and pray and believe and trust God in Jesus' name? We love you. We thank you. May God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Right now, we just want to invite everybody to come down to this altar and to take a few minutes to call upon the name of the Lord. Oh, come on. Can you come down and use your voice that he gave you to break through? Hallelujah. It doesn't matter if you've never called on that name before. Call on him today and he will meet you. If you've never called on that name before, Lift up your voice. Be not ashamed. Hallelujah. But call on him. Lift up your Oh, I'm telling you, God is filling people with the Holy Ghost here this morning. Hallelujah. If you've not received his spirit living inside of you, he can do it today. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we praise you, God. Lord, we call upon you in Jesus' name. Oh, come on. There's healing in this house. There's healing in this house. There's strength in this house. There's healing in this house. In the name of Jesus, there's salvation. There's redemption. He loves you. Ask him today to forgive you, to cleanse you of all your sins. Hallelujah. He is a forgiving God. Hallelujah. Maybe your prayers today isn't for you, but for a family member or somebody else. You call on the name of the Lord just as you would for yourself. Call on the name of the Lord. Lift up your voice. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, we pray, God, that you would allow the fire to fall. In the name of Jesus, let the fire fall. Consume us in Jesus' name. Name. You don't have to use special words. You don't have to be a great orator. You don't have to use words that the Bible says. Use your own words right now and speak to him. Oh, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I want you in my heart. Jesus, move in me. Jesus, move in me.